I want you all to know that I aspire every day to be an expression of grace and patience. But as you might guess, I am not every day a great example of that. Um, I want to give you an example. I want to tell you a story of an example of when I was not a very good uh, purveyor of grace and patience. And many of you know that my, my daughter and her family have been staying with us uh, this summer. Um, they just came back for the summer. Her husband, Doug, was, has, has had the opportunity to, because of uh, the pandemic, to work uh, virtual. So they've got to spend the whole summer with us. And knowing that that was going to happen, Lisa went out and she bought a whole bunch of scooters and, and skateboards. And the kids have literally worn the wheels off these things, which is awesome. Uh, anyway, the, the kids are getting, they're getting ready to move back to California. They just um, were, they were looking for a new house and, and before they went back. So they had to start school virtually here. And this has been their routine every day. They will, um, they, before school starts, before class starts, they'll go out into the driveway with those scooters and the skateboards, and they'll just ride like crazy, right? Well, on this particular day, the story I want to tell you, I was, I was late getting out of the house, and um, as, I, as I was running to the car, I saw the kids out there on their skateboards and their scooters, and I, I said, everybody get out of the way, I'm late, and you know, it, just move, Right? And as, so I jumped in the car and I, I put the key in the ignition and put it in reverse, looked in the rearview mirror, started heading out, and there goes Slater, my 10-year-old grandson on his scooter, zooming by the back of my Jeep. So I rolled down the window and I said, Slater! Did I just peek out on that? I said, Slater, get out of the way! I kind of scared Benny. Did you notice that? <laughs> it was about that point that Slater's t uh, six-year-old sister, my granddaughter Marley, stands up for her big brother, and she looks at me. She's standing out of the way, very obediently, and she says, but Papa, he was trying. <laughs> I felt like a heel. And as I was driving away, I was thinking, man, that kid did not deserve that, did he? No matter how stressful the year has been, it's not his fault. And it certainly wasn't his fault that I was late for my meeting that morning, yet he took the brunt of it, right? Thankfully, he's a gracious little guy, and he loves his papa, and he's already forgiven me, so it's all good. But Now, I want to tell you all a story, or I want to let you in on a not-so-secret secret. Related to all that, I know that I'm not the only one who has said and done things like that, right? And you want to you know how beautiful and providential our Jesus is? When I read the Scripture, because I, I usually plan um, the sermon series or the Scriptures almost a year in advance, when I looked at the passage of Scripture that was planned for today, it hit me right in the face. And God said, Craig, it's time for all my people to re be reminded 
of a few biblical principles that is the calling of every Christian. And they are the principles of grace, patience, and unity. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up today to Ephesians chapter 4. And I've said this, I've emphasized this the last couple of weeks, and I want to continue to do that. Please bring your Bibles, and I know a lot of you are doing that. Awesome. Bring your Bibles, read the context with me. It's very good to get to know your Bibles, and you can, and, and if you didn't know this, a lot of people didn't know this, but it's okay. You can actually write in the margins of your Bible, God doesn't care. In fact, I'd go so far as to say God would encourage us, if, especially if you're writing something that is meaningful to you, right? So bring your Bibles with you. Open them up today to Ephesians chapter 4. And as you're doing that, I'll give you a little historical context that will help you to understand what I believe God's message is for us today, okay? First thing I want you to know is this. Um, the book of Ephesians is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul. We've talked about this many times before. The book of Ephesians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and starting here at chapter 4, the Apostle Paul shares with not just the Ephesians, but you and I, a pertinent fact for everything that we need to hear going forward. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And now, your Bible may translate it a little differently than the way I'm going to quote it, but you'll all see if you've got your Bibles that this is the essence of it. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, commend to you to live a life that is worthy of your calling. I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, commend to you to live a life that is worthy of your calling. Now, here's what's kind of ironic or funny about that. Everybody knew back then that Paul was in prison. So the question then becomes, well, why did he feel it was necessary to start in the middle of his letter to, to these folks? Why did he feel it was necessary to emphasize the fact that he was a prisoner for the Lord before moving into this next part? Well, I'll tell you why, and it's actually very simple. Um, and it has to do with context. This is the context of what was going on. The Ephesian church was a blended family. Now, what does that mean? Basically, they were a group of people who had come together as the family of God, and some of them were, came from a Jewish tradition, and others of them came from a Gentile, from a Gentile tradition, which means they were non-Jewish. All of that being said, it, they, were, they found themselves disagreeing and arguing with one another because of their different backgrounds, because of their different um, upbringings, because of their different um, understandings of religion. They were bickering and fighting. So in essence, what Paul was doing when he said, I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, commend to you to live a life that is worthy to your calling. Basically what he's saying is that I know you guys are stressed out. I know how hard it is to blend the family together. Those of you that have tried to blend families together, you know how hard that is, right? There's stress. But what he's saying to them is that you guys don't know what stress is. I'm in prison, right? He said, if you want to know what stress is, sit in prison. That's real stress. Stress is no excuse 
to treat each other the way you're treating each other. So, when you feel stressed out and you find yourself wanting to react, stop and think, maybe even pray before speaking. So, he says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I, Paul, prisoner for the Lord, uh, commend to you to live a life that is worthy to your calling. So, the question then becomes, what is the calling of a Christian? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, Paul being wise and spirit-led, tells us. He says this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, be completely gentle, humble, and patient. Or in all those three things in one order or another, I may have mixed them up. Be completely gentle, humble, and patient, bearing with one another in love. Be completely gentle, humble and patient, bearing with one another in love. That's pretty good advice, isn't it? That's pretty good godly advice. But Paul doesn't stop there either. That was the calling that um, God had placed upon them and upon us to be completely humble and patient, bearing with one another in love. But he also follows that up with a commandment. So we have a calling and we have a commandment. He says this, in verse 3, in verse 3, he says, um, therefore, therefore, whenever possible, seek unity in the Spirit through the bonds of love or through the bonds of peace. Therefore, whenever possible, seek unity in the Spirit through the bonds of peace which is Jesus, right? Why? He's, Jesus is the bond that, that brings us together. Now, it's very important for you to hear what I'm about to say. That verse 3, when he's talking about whenever, he, basically what he's trying to say there is that the disagreements that the folks in the uh, Ephesian church were having were legitimate disagreements. It wasn't one of those situations where, where uh, uh, Jesse's wrong and I'm right right? Or vice versa. They, what their differences of opinion were, were, were legitimate. They were understandable. So what, in, in essence, what he was trying to say is that um, do the best you can to be gracious to one another, be, do the best you can to understand where the other person is coming from, and then be very, very careful not to let all that stuff tear you apart. To tear at the bond that holds you together, which is Jesus, right? Be completely humbled and gracious and patient, bearing with one another in love. And wherever possible, seek the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, which is Jesus. As I was reflecting on that passage of Scripture this week, um, my mind went to our governmental leaders. I've, I've thought a lot of times um, in these last few months 
the difficult situation they've been in trying to make decisions for all of us with regards to the pandemic. Realizing that they are in a no-win situation. There are some people, no matter what decision they make, there's going to be some people that say it's too restrictive and there's going to be some people that say it's not restrictive enough, right? We, we got all those people in the room right now. <laughs> and I feel sorry for them because um, they're trying to make decisions for a bunch of people that have different worldviews, meaning that they're not operating, not everybody operates with, the, they don't view the world and the circumstance of the world from the same perspective. I feel sorry for them because I've thought, I've told you before that, that um, personally I've lost sleep thinking about what we were going to decide just as our little prairie Bible church about all this stuff. When we, were, when we were worshiping out at the farm, it really wasn't that big a deal. We were outside, and, and people had multiple opportunities and different ways to decide what level of risk they were willing to, to um, put up with. But knowing that the day was coming when we were going to come into the, the facility, it was exciting to think we were going to come into this new facility, but it also made me know that we were going to have to make a decision that, that some people were going to be very disappointed in and other people... Uh, no matter what decision we made, somebody was going to be disappointed. And it struck me that we were just like we were experiencing the same thing that they were experiencing there in the church of Ephesus, meaning that the opinions that people have with regards to all this, they're legitimate. People have a right to the feelings that they have and the concerns that they have. But here's the difference. This is what struck me as I was reading that passage of Scripture. The difference between what our governmental leaders have had to deal with and what we have to deal with is that you and I ought to be looking at this all through the same or with the same worldview from the perspective of Jesus. Now that doesn't mean we're all going to agree on everything. We've already demonstrated that we don't all agree on everything. But the difference between the world and the church is that the, the perspective of Jesus, that we have a calling and a command, right? We have been called, when we disagree, legitimately disagree, we have been called to completely, to react with complete graciousness, humility, and patience, bearing with one another in love. And wherever possible, we are, call, we are commanded to seek unity in the Spirit through the bond of peace. Here's the good news. The good news is, in the coming weeks, hopefully, and maybe a few months, who knows, this whole pandemic thing is going to be a thing of the past. But the lesson that we learned today needs to stay here and in here because our disagreements aren't going anywhere. We're going to disagree time to time to time on this or that, sometimes legitimately, sometimes illegitimately. But every time, no matter what the disagreement is about, as Christians, we have a calling. 
to be humble, gentle, and gracious, bearing with one another in love, and always seeking unity in the Spirit through the bond of peace, which is Jesus. As the band is coming up to lead us in our final song today, uh, something else that God has laid on my heart is that I know that there are people here today that are dealing with all kinds of stress. could be physical, emotional, spiritual, and you just need somebody to pray with you. Well, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's a door right over here that's open, and we haven't got it all worked out and everything. We haven't got a, a sign on the door, but that is the prayer room for Prairie Bible Church. We can pray every, everywhere, obviously, but that's our prayer room. And every Sunday, um, I'm going to be in that room after the service to pray with anyone that needs to be prayed with. Maybe you're overwhelmed with stress. Um, maybe you're in, the, in a difficult relationship and it's broken and you need somebody to stand in the gap on behalf. I'd love to pray with you. And maybe today is the day that some of you will make the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. Whatever it is that you need prayer for, you have someone to pray with. And I'm going to be right over there if you need me. of every song. Would you please stand and join us? Let's ask God to help us build our lives upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever Every breath we could ever breathe.
Jesus, we do want to build our lives on your love. We do want to take the same grace that you've extended to us and extend it to each other, Lord. We do want to bear with one another's burdens in love, and we want you to be the supreme and divine example of that love to us. So we ask today that you would inspire us, that you would fill our hearts with your love and help us to build our lives on that foundation. And from this place, help us to go out into a world that's desperate for your love, Lord, and to extend that grace to all others around us. We pray and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being here today.